Time Prayer Teaching. We are so happy to have you join us on this evening. We're so grateful that you're here, wanting to learn more about how to have a more effective prayer life, how to have a more effective prayer life, which is so essential for Kingdom citizens. And we're so thankful to our teacher, uh, Dr. Larry Smith, Senior Pastor of Empowerment of Faith, for all that he, all of his wisdom and understanding that he pours into us as scholars of the scriptures. And so we're grateful to him and for allowing us and teaching us how to share the same message of the kingdom with others. So tonight we're gonna to be talking about um, the prayer of agreement. And specifically, we're gonna concentrate once again on the laying on of hands. But first we wanna look at what is the prayer of agreement and we're going to come directly from the Kingdom Keys of Prayer book by Dr. Larry Smith to help us understand the prayer of agreement. So if you go to slide number one, there are several laws of the kingdom. So in this process that we'll be praying in the prayer of agreement, we're going to be enacting several laws. What are they? The law of witness, the law of unity, the law of forgiveness. All of these are essential when we are doing the prayer of agreement. So the law of witness is so powerful as revealed in scripture, it declares that a person could be put to death on the word of two or three witnesses. Now, that's incredible. On the word of two or three witnesses, a person could be put to death. And we know from some examples in the Bible that um, people seeking prayer, one woman in particular I'm thinking about is the woman who had the, the issue of blood for so long that when she learned of Jesus, the more Yeshua rather, the more she learned of Yeshua, the more she believed in her heart, that's the law of agreement, with the witness testimonies that she was receiving, she believed that she could go to him and then exercising unbelievable faith, she thought that if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'll, I'm gonna be made whole. And she did. And when she did, Yeshua immediately felt power go out of him, the anointing, the ability to heal. And he looked at her and she had what she had come for. She was fearful when he uh, put her on blast, so to speak. So the whole crowd knew who she was and could see who she was. She knew that she could be in danger because of her situation. She knew that she wasn't supposed to be amongst the crowd. She was supposed to be outside the crowd and that they had the right to stone her if because of her condition, because of the laws at that time, that, um, you know, she took a risk. She took a step of faith. She believed what she heard, and then she acted on it. All of this is a part of the prayer of agreement, and that's a powerful example. So more from Dr. Larry's book. We see that the law of witness is so powerful that laws and rules regulate uh, the interpretation of, of Scripture also require the law of witness as well. And if we go on to the next slide, we're going to look at the scripture in Deuteronomy, um, Debarim, 17 and 6. On the testimony of two or three witnesses, a person could be put to death, as we just said. We also see that the law of unity, where Yeshua commands blessings in that law of unity. Um, we can look at Psalms or Tehillim, number one. The law of unity is unstoppable when there is one unified effort by a group of people. The law of unity also brings about punishment, death to those who resist. We look in Bereshit of Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 7. We see here a prime example. People call it the Tower of Babel. 
And in this instance, let's read from the scripture. It says, now the whole world had one language and one common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered all over the face of the earth. So we may take a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered all over the face of the whole earth. But Yahweh came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. And he said, if as one people speaking the same thing, they have begun to do this, and there's nothing they plan to do that would be impossible for them. So we see in verse 7 that he decided to confuse their language. And that's how languages of the earth originated today, from that one example of unity and agreement. Now, what happens when we pray the prayer of agreement? Well, we can see when we pray the prayer of agreement, we always get results. When the agreeing prayer is based on our rights and privileges as kingdom citizens. So if we're enacting our rights and privileges, we are uh, standing on the promises of Yeshua, standing on his strong words, standing on um, his covenant of peace, provision, and protection, then we can have what we speak, what we agree upon. We are unified. We are bearing witness to one another. We're coming together on this thing. We have the same mind. We are agreeing on the same results. And now we can have what we are praying about, but we have to speak those words. Um, it reminds me of Kaf, the Hebrew letter Kaf, which says partly what it means is to speak the strong word of the Father, where we have to speak that in his authority, with his permission, okay? Relying on his character and his honor. Um, also, when we speak the word, um, again, we cannot speak anything outside of the agreement of of Elohim, outside of the agreement of our kingdom rights and privileges. Why? Because if it doesn't agree with what's already in heaven, then it can't be agreed upon on earth, okay? Some of you might remember that scripture. Um, there's another scripture that also says, uh, yeah, people, Yahweh's people can be cut off uh, because of a lack of knowledge, because we don't understand our promises that he made to us. We don't understand um, the sure word that he, uh, said he would do for us. We don't know our rights and privileges, therefore we can't speak it. Why? We haven't studied the scriptures. We haven't looked into the word of Yahweh that's been given to us in the scriptures, codified or collected rather, in the book of books called the Bible, among other things. So we don't understand. And we haven't looked in the Hebrew uh, Alephbet, the Hebrew uh, Nedumita, the ancient language that the scriptures, all of them were written in. And we have proof about that. You, you can look that up. There's proof positive that the uh, New Testament scriptures by and large were written in, the, in Hebrews, Hebrews to Hebrews. So unless they were speaking to another person group and writing to another person group in that language, they were speaking Hebrew. So we need to look at the Hebrew meanings behind what we're reading in the scriptures. So we have to understand the Olivet, I suggest you get the uh, Kingdom Keys, let me hold that back, of Revelation by Dr. Larry Smith. It's a study tool that will help us understand the Hebrew language and learn how to more effectively um, and rightly interpret scripture. So we know that we have to speak the strong words of the Father, the promises of Elohim, 
just as Yeshua did in Matthew chapter four, when the enemy came to tempt him with various things, he spoke, it is written. And what, what, what was written? What was in the scripture. So now that we understand a little bit more about the prayer of agreement, let's see how uh, the laying on of hands applies to that. Now, we're going to look at examples of the laying on of hands from the book of Acts. Uh, go to slide number five for me, if you would. We're going to look at some examples of the laying on of hands. And in uh, Messiah or Acts, Messiah is the Hebrew for the book of Acts, we see there are different categories and different examples where the laying on of hands was done. So one was authorizing ministers um, or deacons from uh, chapter six and verse six. Um, we see that they brought before the apostles or the shalak, um, these, those that they designated to become uh, so-called deacons or ministers um, to minister to the needs of people. So that would free up um, the leadership so that they can spend more time in prayer, more time in the word, more effectively um, being able, therefore, to bring the word of the people and feed them spiritually what they need and to help them grow. So they had oversight. So they this freed them so they could do their oversight. Um, so and these they brought before them and praying, they laid their hands on them. Another example is folks receiving the Holy Spirit. Um, Again, the um, leading emissaries, the Shalaks, went and they went to folks and they asked them, had you received the Holy Spirit? And they, they were like, we don't even know about it. We haven't even heard about it. So they ministered to them about the Holy Spirit. Um, they were all in agreement. They laid hands on them. And then the folks received the Holy Spirit. So we see that they're all unified. Um, there was a law of witness with them. There was a law of, of agreement. They were all unified. So therefore they could receive. And then another example is appointing, confirming, and authorizing. So we see where Barnabas and Sheul, Barnabas and Paul so called, were uh, released to do the work that we have been talking about for centuries now um, in the book of Acts or Messiah chapter 13. So there was a group of them including Barnabas and including Paul, who had met together as a small group. They were praying and worshiping the Father. And during that time, the Holy Spirit spoke and said, separate or I'm commissioning Barnabas and I'm commissioning uh, Sheol to go out and take the word out and to grow the kingdom um, in the areas where I've sent them. So they were obedient. Um, they heard the word. They were unified. They were all witnesses to what they heard. Hands were laid on uh, Barnabas and Sheol. And then they were released to go out and do that work. Until that time, they were not officially representatives of the leaders of the faith at that time in terms of being able to go out into the world and officially uh, act in the same capacity as those leaders did, taking the word out, speaking with authority, representing um, the kingdom of heaven as official uh, emissaries out in the earth. And now if we go to the next slide, we also see some other areas where the laying on of hands is done. It's also done in consecration. Um, as we saw with... Um, Sorry, as we saw with um, 
the group that sent out um, Sheul and Barnabas. And then um, here in Leviticus 6 and 6, um, I believe that's Varikra 6 and 6, um, where the, no, forget that reference, that was uh, totally an error. But another example in the Bible includes where they was, were filling up their ranks of leaders and they wanted to know who was going to fill the vacancy. So they consecrated, they prayed about it. The Holy Spirit appointed several individuals and says, and so once they recognized, once they were in agreement with the individuals that the Holy Spirit had identified, all right, they were all unified about this, they laid hands on them. So it says um, that these gentlemen were brought before them and they prayed and they laid hands on them. And then they too were commissioned to go out and act as um, leaders of the faith, doing the work of the Holy Spirit in the earth. Also in offerings, we can see where in offerings, and Variqua is Leviticus, in Leviticus 16, um, we can see where at that time, um, early in the scriptures, um, they were about the time of uh, Yom Kippur. So there was a goat that was sacrificed for, for sin, and there was one that was sacrificed sacrificed um, on behalf of the people. So the one where the goat, rather, there was a lamb that was slain. There was a goat that was slain. Upon the head of the goat, sins were laid. The priest laid his hands on the head of the goat. That goat was sent out of the camp, okay, um, bearing the sins of all the people. As Yeshua was, he was outside of the city. He bore the sins of all the people. Um, and that was part of our redemption. So this is picturing that. And then also... Uh, laying on of hands is done in um, um, distributing blessings. All right. So in Bereshit, Genesis 48, if you go to slide number six, um, in Bereshit, uh, Genesis 48, it reads, but Yisrael stretched out his right hand. Now, Yisrael is the one doing the blessing. He's blessing his grandsons. Um, he stretched out his hands and he blessed the firstborn and laid it on the head of Ephraim, who's younger. And his left hand on Manasseh's head, crossing his hands, although Manasseh was the firstborn. So he was doing this when traditionally it would be this. So he picked out, by the leading of the Spirit, who was going to get what blessing. So crossing his hands, he did that. Although Manasseh was the firstborn, he didn't get the firstborn blessing. And that's what the Holy Spirit led Yisrael to do at that time. So now, there are other areas where the laying on of hands... Um, is important. Um, we're going to look at those right now, but those are some of the major areas. And one of the things I wanted to share when it comes to prayer is healing. People uh, most oftentimes will look at laying on of hands when they're seeking healing. And they will come and they understand that if you let, you know, if I can lay hands on me, the sick will be made well. And, you know, come on and lay hands on me. Um, and that's great. They're exercising faith. I did that as a young woman. I did that and I'm still a young woman, don't you dare say anything. <laughs> and um, I had a couple of instances where I suffered fevers. And I read that scripture and immediately I acted on it. I said, okay, this is what the scripture says. I'm going to call my ministry leaders at the time and I'm going to have them come and pray for me. Come lay hands on me. And acting in faith, I'm believing the word. I, I believe the witness of the word. I'm unified with the word. I'm in agreement with the word. I called for it. 
and it the prayer received the agreed upon results. I was healed. I didn't have fevers anymore. Well, let me let me put it this way. The fever went away. I think it came back once again. So I I had to have prayer one more time. Same thing, laying on of hands. I'm still in faith. I'm still agreeing. And I got the res desired results. Uh, again, when I was in Trinidad, same thing. I landed on the plane, woke up the next morning. I had fevers. I, I The same thing. You know, call the elders of the church. The scripture says that any among you sick, let them call the elders. And the elders will come and lay hands on them and they will be, or the leaders of the church. And they will uh, lay hands on you and you will be made well. And so, Again, I'm in agreement with the scriptures. I, I saw what they did before. Didn't know why this was happening again. But I exercised the word, the strong word of the Father, and called the elders and had them come pray for me. And I got the desired agreed upon result, which is healing. I was up out of bed within an hour. I ate a full meal, got dressed, went out on the town. And from that day to the eighth day when we left, it was like nothing ever happened. And then also, um, recently, when we observed Sukkot, we had the laying on of hands uh, when uh, two gentlemen were commissioned or released to continue to do the work in an official capacity that you're doing to enlarge the kingdom in St. Louis. And then we're about to have a the uh, same sort of same type of service coming up um, next month. So we're all excited about that. We're seeing the laying on of hands as evidence. In the Bible, we're in the scriptures, rather, we're in agreement with it. We're in unity with it. We're in agreement with the witness of the word from the scriptures. And um, we're just excited about what is doing. And at every time we're speaking the strong word of the Father, because we have to speak his word. We have to speak the strong word of the Father. And so we want to make sure that we're doing that. I'm just looking here really carefully in uh, Keith's uh, Kingdom Keys of Revelation, um, because there's one more thing that I wanted to point about cough, and the Father's word does sanction, does validate, does allow, um, gives authority to whatever is sent out to do, because the Father says when he sends his word out, it's going to accomplish that which he sends it out to do. So I hope this word helps you tonight understand more about uh, the prayer of agreement, more about the laying on of hands. There's so much more. Uh, we really only just touched the tip of the subject here today. So we want to thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Uh, we encourage you to um, partake of all of our prayer teaching. This is really an encouraging prayer school, one of the, the best to me that I've ever participated in. Um, and learn from and glean from. So we have anointed teachers. I'm so grateful for that. And I'm so grateful for our leading teacher, Dr. Larry Smith. And with that, I say to you all that the Father has plans for you that 